This is Thinking Freely with the ACLU of Maryland, the show that talks about what's happening politically in Maryland from the courts to the streets. I'm your host, Amber Taylor. We all have basic rights under the U.S. Constitution and civil rights laws. But if you don't know your rights, you can be taken advantage of, especially during police interactions. Being stopped by the police is stressful and a potentially dangerous experience that could turn bad quickly. Like people of color or people with mental illnesses. The truth is that there are situations where people have done everything they could to put an officer at ease and yet still ended up injured or killed. You cannot assume officers will behave in a way that protects your safety. You also cannot assume that officers will respect your rights even after you assert them. That's why we created and provide our Know Your Rights program, which teaches people about the law and offers strategies for handling police encounters. By using these strategies, you may be able to reduce the risk to yourself. This month, we talked to two experienced Know Your Rights trainers, Kimi Washington and Gus Griffin, along with Amy Cruz, the director of the ACLU of Maryland's Know Your Rights program, to explain why knowing your rights is so important and how you can know your options for taking action. Amy, Gus, uh, Kimi, thank you so much for being on this episode of Thinking Freely. We really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us during these difficult times. My pleasure. Thank you for having us. Absolutely, I echo all of that. So Amy, I wanted to start off the conversation with you since you are the director of our Know Your Rights program. Can you tell us a bit about what is the purpose of our Know Your Rights program? The Know Your Rights program, the ACLU of Maryland's Know Your Rights program provides free resources and free training about our rights during police encounters. And since 2015, we've done Know Your Rights trainings all across the state. The goal of the training is to get people who participate in the trainings to understand their rights and how to use or exercise their rights so that they can make fully informed decisions in a police encounter. We don't tell people what to do. We tell people what they can do and what the implications of their actions might be so they can make their own decisions in that moment. And Amy, how long has the program been going on? We, um, our current Know Your Rights training program began around 2015 when we began providing training to groups all across the state through a request form on our website and where we um, have a number of trainers who are trained Know Your Rights trainers all across the state who can provide um, trainings to groups who request it. And we have trainings for adults and children. We have trainings for citizens and trainings for non-citizens, and we can provide them in both English and Spanish. Great. So Gus, my next question is for you. What typically happens during a normal KYR training? That'll vary by demographic. We first introduce ourselves, what we're trying to do. We um, ask if there are attorneys in the audience who's had experience with policing. Then we introduce the film, the Know Your Rights film, which is uh, featuring the attorney, Billy Murphy. The next portion is typically a role play. And then we go into sort of discussions, questions, and things of that nature. Again, that'll vary somewhat depending on the demographic. Um, a younger demographic will have questions that are going to one direction. The older demographic may have questions that are going to another direction. But that's the basic structure. 
And Kimi, what made you want to become a, a Know Your Rights trainer? It's a human right. It's a civil right that every citizen know what we can and cannot do and how we should. And I use that in air quotes, how we should conduct ourselves when we do encounter law enforcement and to know specifically what our rights are. So as a paralegal, working with youth, working with minorities and diverse populations, it was extremely important that they be aware of what their rights are. And I still believe that. And a way to help them project and articulate what their rights are when they do encounter police officers. So Gus, what is, in your opinion, the most uh, important thing that people should remember or know um, when they're coming in contact with police encounters? The most important thing, in my view, is to get to the next day. And that's in that immediate piece. I, I think one of the things that um, Billy Murphy talks about is at that particular moment of the stop, the citizen doesn't have the power. That's, that's just the reality of it. And so getting to the next day is the most important thing. A 1B would be, I think, understanding the larger factors that have led to this point and that have constantly uh, characterized these incidents, which has made this program so, so very necessary. The criminal industrial complex, I think that's important as well, um, because ultimately those are the factors that are driving these, these things that we're talking about. Uh, but getting to the next day is, is obviously important. We've, had, we've got more than enough martyrs. Getting to the next day uh, is really the, the most important aspect. Thank you. And Kimi, I wanted to ask you the same question. What should people remember when they're interacting in a police encounter? I want to echo Gus because it is important to get to the next day. And I think what this program does is it empowers residents and citizens to know what to look out for, even when and if their rights are being violated at that moment, they know what to look out for. So they can express and articulate how they were violated based on their knowledge. And as we all know, knowledge is power. And I think also that it's about resources. And this is a tremendous resource as trainers and for us as citizens. So I wanted to ask everyone this question, but I'll start off with Amy. Given our country's history, particularly with Black people, it can often be a matter of life and death. Can you talk about the impact that this program has had on Black people and other people of color? I think a very important point that we make in our training is that um, knowing your rights is part of um, what we think is really important, but that understanding what is likely to happen when you do certain things in a police encounter is equally as important. And um, something that Kimi alluded to earlier, which I think is really important is um, paying attention in the moment and recognizing what the police are doing and why, and then making your own decisions. Because you might be realizing that your rights are being violated in the moment that doesn't necessarily mean that you're gonna say out loud, you're violating my rights. What you might be doing is making a mental note of it or maybe even recording it. While knowing your rights is an important tool and everyone deserves to know and understand their rights, I also think that it is true that we live in a society right now where 
far too many black and brown bodies are unfortunately abused by police in ways that white people um, don't have to experience. And so when we talk about rights, we are um, very honest about the differences in how uh, different people with different skin colors may be able to exercise those rights and the consequences that might come along with that. So our trainings are very aware of disparities um, and then injustice in the way that um, different communities and people of different races uh, are policed in our country. And Gus, from a trainer's perspective, what has been the impact of black on Black people knowing the rights, and in particular knowing the rights through our Know Your Rights program? It creates a hypervigilance among Black folks as a survival technique, keep in mind, of the root of policing, it was slave patrols. And that can't be overemphasized enough. How do you change something that originated as a slave patrol into something that is actually beneficial toward the people it was intended to patrol? Can this policing that we currently experience, can this be reformed? Or do we have to think about radical ways of changing policing in a very fundamental way? That's an unavoidable question. It's not the question we answer in our trainings, but I do think it's important to get people to think in those terms, to join organizations that further examine these questions so we can see how best to go forward in a larger context towards a more just and more humane society. And Kimmy, I, I you know, wanted to ask the question also to you. Can you talk about you know, what the impact um, of knowing your rights has been on Black people as a result of this program or just knowing their rights uh, when, it, when it comes to police encounters in general? Knowledge is power. And I know from my experience with this particular program, youth have come out in droves. Communities of adults have come out in droves to hear the information and learn what their rights are. When you have brown people and blacks armed with information, they can then come up with strategies and plans. They can unite and come together to mitigate a lot of the killings that we're experiencing right now in our communities and have always experienced in our communities. But I do think it's going to take the youth to do it with the proper ammunition, which is knowledge. For every encounter where our rights are violated, we then can take our voices to look at changing the laws and coming up with ideas on how to, I don't want to say police the police, but how to better educate them and train them. Oh, I think it's, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that citizens have to take that, that approach of in some ways policing the police, but that's, you know, that's unfortunate the reality that we live in. If we want to decrease the amount of, of police killings in this country. Can I, can I add something on that? Yes, of course. We shouldn't have to police the police, but the reality is we do. Oh, in all fairness to them, I mean, I, do we know any er, any area of, uh, of human existence where we uh, have much of a history of people successfully policing themselves? I don't know of too many of them. And so we may have to start imagining policing in a totally radically different way than we see it today, or that it has been historically. Kimmy, my next question is for, for you. What's the most common question or concern you hear about um, when people come to Know Your Rights training? I don't know that there's a common question. Um, I know there's a common theme. Do they have the right to search me after they receive the training? 
Then they want to share their experiences and they want to get feedback on what went right, what went wrong, what could have been done differently, what they could do afterwards. So I think in my case, that's what I've encountered mostly. And yes, I'll ask you the same question. What's the most common question or concern you hear um, when you're doing a Know Your Rights training? If it's a younger demographic, often what you hear is they're, they're wondering, well, why are we focusing on them when they're the victims? And it's a tough question because, you know, it takes you sort of in that area of if they're the ones being victimized, why are we focusing on them? And, and so then you have to kind of get it back to the area where, well, we want you to get to the next day. We're not blaming you for this happening, but we want you to get to the next day and be able to address this on the larger areas uh, where, it, where, where it's really rooted at. And that's not in the person walking home in a hoodie. I think it's a very thoughtful question. For me, it's encouraging because they understand that there are larger factors and there are systemic and structural factors that are at play here as opposed to an individual's behavior. And guess, let me also ask you another question. What was your most meaningful training? The best training you ever had, the most memorable one you ever had? I can't say I've had one, um, which I guess is a good thing. Uh, recently at Bowie State, that was very fulfilling. They asked that question that I recently brought up. Why are we the ones you have to focus on? Kind of created a lot of connections there. Uh, there have been discussions that were co-facilitated at churches with an older audience uh, that was very fulfilling. So they're a little bit more pragmatic and just kind of get to the next day as opposed to the younger audiences. But I found that very fulfilling as well because they were also receptive to the larger discussions and the larger issues on structural and systemic things that we need to address. And Kimmy, what was your most meaningful training or most memorable training that you've ever done for a Know Your Rights program? Morgan State, I thought they were either giving away money or they were giving away free grades or even possibly de degrees because we had so many students show up. They were overflowing the rooms and they did not leave. They remained, they listened, they were actually engaged. And that's what I love most about this program. Youth are engaged and even older adults. I've been with Amy and we've been in communities where seniors have actually come out and they too have been engaged. It's a program of hope. It really feeds into the ideals that we as African-Americans and, and Brown Americans believe in. There is a place for us. We can live safely. We can prosper here. This type of program highlights that and kind of fosters it in a, in a great way. What do you wish everyone knew about their rights? Like if there was one thing that everyone should know when they're, when they're going into, when they're being involved in the police encounter, what should that one thing be? Follow directions. Be courteous and follow directions. Follow the instructions. And I think if we can be courteous and follow the instructions, we might, as Gus says, make it to the next day. And then we can process everything that happened and any egregious actions, then we can address them then. Pay attention and follow direction. And Gus, what do you wish everyone knew um, about their rights when they're involved in a police encounter? That's very, very difficult for me to answer. Part of me certainly agrees with Kimi in terms of the follow instructions. 
I, I think the only pause I have on that is sometimes their instructions are actually unlawful. And so then that, that, that's really a dilemma. But if I were to add a second part, it would be keep your mouth shut. <laughs> so, you know, keep your mouth, you're not gonna talk your way out of it, so to speak, as, as Mr. Murphy alludes to in the video, you know, the people who talk the most are trying to talk their way out of it. They end up talking their way into more trouble. I think that's actually really good to know. And another reason why going to a know your rights um, training is important because to me, it really teaches people nuance and figuring out how to read a situation uh, when things get dicey. Cause you know, that's what happens in the, you know, in a video or on, on a textbook, but you know, when you're actually in, in real life situations, um, things get a little, little bit more difficult. So during the Know Your Rights uh, training, uh, what are some of the magic words that uh, people will learn when they go to a training? Am I being detained or am I under arrest or am I free to go? Um, if I'm being detained, then they know that they have to stay and comply. It puts the onus back on the officer and allows a free dialogue. And that's a subtle way of letting law enforcement know, I know my rights. And so that's why we are very big on the, am I being detained or am I free to go? And Gus, what's another magic word that people will learn about in our Know Your Rights program? Um, I do not consent to this search. Sometimes there's a, there's a request to search. You don't have to consent to the search now. That doesn't necessarily mean that the officer won't do the search. But if you make it clear that you don't consent to the search, then that gives your attorney some ammunition later on down the road should something uh, of an incriminating nature be um, discovered during the search. It doesn't mean that like they won't stop if you don't give your consent, but that means that you know they could be in violation of your rights. Exactly. You may have heard that term, fruit of the poisonous tree. Well, if the search is illegal, then whatever is found after that as a result of that search could be uh, thrown out of court in uh, any court proceedings. And Amy, what is another a magic word that people will learn about in our Know Your Rights program? One of the magic words is I can't let you in without a warrant. And this is a, a magic word that you would use if the police were um, at your door. Uh, what I really like about this magic word is the way that we practice saying it as I can't let you in without a warrant takes um, takes it out of that immediate situation in that it's not saying I can't, I'm not going to let you in or you must have a warrant or you. It's just a general, I can't let you in without a warrant as if it's a rule that, you know, somebody else uh, asked you to follow. So um, when we teach that magic word, we give people um, all of the other options of what you can do in that moment. So you don't have to speak to the officers, but you also could step outside in the, um, on your porch or in the front um, and speak with the officers outside if it's um, something you're comfortable speaking with them about. Um, so that magic word is, I can't let you in without a warrant. Amy, I did have a question for you. Um, how can people sign up uh, for our Know Your Rights uh, trainings? So we have a Know Your Rights training um, request form on our website which is um, in the same place on our website as um, a number of our Know Your Rights materials, which are all there for you to review, download, and share. And the website is www.aclu-md.org forward slash KYR. And you can request a training through um, the web form. 
And I will also like to add for our listeners, those programs are free. Um, you know, we try to provide them as for as many people across the state of Maryland as we possibly can. And Amy, also, what are some things people can do to support the program? First, you can host a training for your community or organization or group that you're part of. You can check out our Know Your Rights materials on our website, including our very popular Know Your Rights cards, which we have in English and in Spanish, and we have a version for non-citizens as well. Uh, You can find that all at that same website I provided earlier. And generally just uh, spreading the word about our trainings, about Know Your Rights information. And um, for those of you who've already gone through a training, um, to make sure that you share the information that you learned there with other people, because that's the way that I think we can really get this information out to everyone is to be talking about this around the dinner table and with our friends. To me, I think of it as uh, kind of like how in households you should be preparing for what to do if the house is on fire. You also want to prepare for what to do when you get pulled over or prepared for what to do if the police come to your door and knock on your front door and ask to step inside. So these are all things that we should be prepared to do. Hopefully we won't ever have to use them, but for a lot of people, unfortunately they will. And so I think preparing ahead is really important. Please visit our website for more information. I always feel like I'm learning things um, here at the ACLU um, from, you know, from different rights and different cases that we work on. And our our Know Your Rights program is definitely a valuable resource that I'm I'm so happy that, you know, we are able to, y'all are such amazing trainers in this. Yes, they are amazing trainers. And I just want to take this opportunity also to thank both Kimi and Gus, who have been trainers uh, for many years now, and they have done several trainings. And their leadership in this program is uh, what makes it what it is. They bring both practical, uh, realistic knowledge of police interactions, but then they also bring their own perspectives and community ties and experiences to making it a, a program that's very authentic. But at the end of the day, the real goal is empowering communities and empowering individuals to have the knowledge, as Kimi has said, um, have the knowledge and be able to understand when to use it and to make their own decisions on their own um, to get through an encounter, how they how they want it to go. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about or to bring up um, as it relates to our Know Your Rights program that I didn't ask? Uh, I, would, I would only add um, support the ACLU. I'm not um, being paid to promote the ACLU. I just think they've done incredible work on a national level. Um, and this this program is just one but one example. But so uh, I would encourage anyone going to join an organization, um, a one to consider should be the ACLU. We appreciate that, Gus. That's very kind of you. And I echo that 100%. It is an amazing organization. It is a necessary They are a necessary organization. The ACLU goes beyond what's just required. So thank you, Amy, and to you, Amber, and everybody else associated with the organization. I would like to take this opportunity to thank um, both Kimi and Gus. And I also want to give a shout out to the rest of our Know Your Rights trainers. We're a, a small but mighty group of people across the state. And um, if it wasn't for them, uh, this program would not be able to reach the hundreds and hundreds of people that it reaches every year. So thanks to our Know Your Rights trainers. Kimi, Gus, Amy, 
Thank you so much for being on Thinking Freely. Thank you, Amber. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Thinking Freely. If you like Thinking Freely, make sure to rate and subscribe to us from wherever you get your podcasts. Visit our website, aclu-md.org backslash KYR to see our Know Your Rights materials and once it's safe to gather again, request an in-person training. This show was recorded at my house in Baltimore, Maryland because we too are practicing social distancing and it was recorded on Piscataway Native American land. I'm Amber Taylor, the host and producer of Thinking Freely. Till next time.